0: fungo banter fans back for another episode of your pacific northwest fungo banter podcast i am eric Sorensen here in big country studios still in ellensburg washington a little breezy out there today fellas glad to be in here with you guys doing this today we're about to bring on jason and kelly to join us but our guest this week clackamas high school head coach john arntzen guys a great episode it is awesome make sure you get a chance to check this one out share it with a friend let everybody know about this Dives into a great inspirational story um, and how he, you know, overcoming things in life. And I'll let him explain that a little bit later on. And we also talk about fundraising and how to build your program and facilities along the way. Guys, you got to keep a lookout. We got some swag being released here this week, some giveaways. We got someone sponsoring us, fellas. The first sponsorship, Safeguard. Now to Pasco. Go to www.safeguard.com. Give them a call. 509 547 1714. You'll see some of the, the swag that we hang out. That's from these guys. So give Dan Cruz a call. If your team needs some apparel and you guys need to get hooked up with looking good on the field, give them a holler, check them out. Podcast sponsorship here. We're excited. Please get on Facebook Pacific Northwest fungo banter on Twitter at fungo banter PNW. Please get on iTunes, subscribe, rate and review. We really appreciate that. We're on Google podcast, Spotify and all the above and let everybody know. You know what? That's enough for me. Let's bring on coach. Well, Hey Fungo Banter fans back with our guest for this week, John Arnston head coach at Clackamas high school coach. Thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thanks for having me guys. It's an honor.
0: We're super excited. You know, our they're, they're first Oregon high school coach. Uh, thank you so much. And first off, the hard-hitting question we ask everybody, what's your favorite fungo?
1: That, that's a tough question, too. Nice. Um, I actually had to look it up because we ordered a couple last year. It's, uh, they're, I think they're, it's the Brett fungo, maybe Brett Bros fungo. Um, mm-hmm. We ordered them last year, kind of smaller ones. I, I like them. They're, they're easy to handle.
2: Beautiful. Coach, talk about your, uh, talk about your path in, in baseball you know, as a player, as a, as a young coach, and obviously did some things right to get you to a position where you're now head coach at, at Clackamas high school. Talk about that, that transformation for you as that, as that player, and maybe what's, what got you into to where you're at today?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, kind of a different path for me. I grew up in Montana and, uh, I don't know if everybody realizes, but there's not high school baseball out in Montana. So it's, it's kind of a, a different world there. Um, very much a football state. And um, I I was kind of, you know, I I liked baseball. So uh, coming out of high school, um, I had a couple offers to play small college football, but really wanted to play baseball, had some JC offers for baseball. And then a school I'd never even heard of Jamestown College, it's out in Jamestown, North Dakota. Um, They, I don't know, I don't even know for sure how they found me. But um, They came out, and and I met with them, and they offered me a pretty nice scholarship to do both, to play football and baseball, and uh, that's what sold me, just the opportunity to do both. So I ended up going out there for a year, um, battled some injuries in football, kind of tried to focus just on baseball there, and then ended up hurting my knee partway through the season in baseball, and that was kind of it for me. I'd battled some injuries, and I think at that point, I realized my playing days maybe needed to be behind me. And... And move on to, to coaching. So um, I, I went back home to to Great Falls, Montana, where I grew up and I was actually umpiring uh, little league baseball games. And my cousin was pitching it in a game and I was the the base umpire and he just kept throwing fastballs and I'm like, dude, you gotta you gotta throw a curveball here or do something. And so I was kinda helping him as I was umping when I was when I was right. Him, and he had a guy on base. And anyway, long story short, um, they wrote me into coaching some little league baseball. And and that's, that's kind of how I got started. And then I started coaching Legion baseball in great falls. I did that for three years and graduated. I I transferred to the university of Montana um, and graduated from there. And and I knew, I mean, I was in, I was hooked the first time I started coaching, I knew I was in. So um, I wanted, I got my degree uh, to be a teacher teach social studies, and I wanted to coach high school baseball, so I, I looked west. I didn't want to go back to North Dakota. So I was looking <laughs> at Washington, Idaho, Oregon, and we had some family friends out here in Clackamas, and they told me that the baseball job was open, and so I was 24 years old, oh, wow. applied for the head job, and got it. I'd been, a, wow. I'd been a Legion A head coach for two years and an assistant double A coach for one year, and they took a chance on a, a young guy from Montana. <laughs>
2: Beautiful.
0: That's wow. so awesome. You know coach I was I was lucky enough I got to watch you speak in Portland uh a well, couple of years ago yeah and you know I was, I was I was and part of the question I want to ask you now and I saw it and I it blew my mind I'm from a really small high school in in Washington right It was my second or third year as a coach and here you're talking about your fundraising efforts and your in your community and then you right. talk about your field you have a turf field lights and you guys fundraise for all that if I remember right we did. And and it, it turned my, uh, uh, for me, you know, in our community, it's a lot of like, well, why would you want to do that? And it turned okay. me into like, no, we should, we, sh- we can do this. And we, you know, we turfed our, because of that, we have turf batting cages, bullpens and stuff now. So uh, just having that mentality, I thought was awesome. And, and talk to us a little bit about how you guys have built that in your fundraising and the facilities that you have at Clackhouse yeah. we were, um
1: we were in a league, the Three Rivers League, which it's a 6A league, and a lot of the schools in our league uh, had really good facilities. Lake Oswego had a full turf field. West Lynn did. And that was kind of the big push is we wanted to compete with those programs. And we were. We, we got to the point where baseball-wise we we're on par with them. But facility-wise we weren't. And believe it or not, we had a – it was a, a booster meeting. We had kind of a small booster club at that time. And I was kind of pissed. And I went into the meeting and I said, you know what? I said, we, we need to have a turf field. If we're going to compete with LO and Westland, we need to have turf field. And as I was saying this, all of these dads kind of sitting in the front shaking their heads. Yeah, yeah, you're right. We do. And as luck would have it, one of the dads is an engineer and had done some of the other fields. And so we, we kind of got the idea going from there. And we came up with the idea of doing a crab feed and auction. We'd kind of heard of some other programs doing that. And again, a, a lot of this is luck and, and some really good people around us. But we had a, another, a mom who had run a bunch of youth, uh, youth elementary school auctions. So she had a lot of experience with it. So we put this, we knew it, we had a connection with Crab, Crab, and we put it all together. And our goal was to hopefully make about $20,000. The first one, I think we made 60,000. Oh, wow. Which was unbelievable. and at this point i'm like this this is going to happen we can do this turf you know if we do this for five years so the next year the 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 event's fun that that's to me that's the key you got to do something that's fun um it i'm saying i'll say this on the air (laughs) it really helps to have people get some drinks in them and loosen up (laughs) but having the, the other thing that's huge i think is when we did stuff we put up a picture of our field like we, we photoshopped it with turf so people could see it there was there was something out there they could visually see this is what we're raising money for it's not just uniforms and equipment and this and that this is this is what we want um, the second year we were ninety thousand. the next three year years after that we're, we're at or just a little over a hundred thousand um, so we turfed the, the infield only we did the infield and apron for about 200,000. And then, you know, we had all that momentum going, we kept doing it, we went after the lights and a couple of years later, we got lights on the field, we turfed our bullpen and um, it's been awesome. We're still, you know, we're, we're eight years into it and we're still doing it. That's kind of our big fundraiser. That's what we do, but it's it's a lot of work. Um, I, you know, what I learned, my advice, I think with these fundraisers, instead of collecting cans here and washing cars and doing these little things is, Find a big time, you know, whether it's a golf tournament, it's a it's a crab feed, it's a casino night and put some time into it, spend it and make it big and put your, instead of doing all these little things, make one big, huge one. And then the other thing is having that thing out there. What is it you really want? But, you know, I didn't think we were going to be able to put turf and lights on our field in, in seven years. Wow. Um, but it's, it's amazing what's happened. This, this is a really good community. It's, they've been super supportive.
0: Well, and I think something like that, like you said, in that community, it's something that the community members, I feel like in, in those tight knit communities, they take pride in it.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The, you know, I mean, it's um, it, it but I, like you said, I think there's a lot of communities like that. They rally around their high school um, and they, you know, Part of it was was pushing them to we want to compete with these other these other places and they've got nice facilities, those types of things. And it was a little bit of challenging them a little bit. Hey, aren't we as good as them? But Let, let's be on par with them. And they were. Yeah, you're right. We should be. And so that, that helped a little bit.
3: Yeah, you know, coach, that's so true, you know, and, and given something a little bit unique too for the players, you know, and back in 2016 at Tracy Prep, we didn't have a. We just had an open field of grass. And uh, we had our softball field coming down on the opposite end, but we had a parcel of land just to the right of the our, kind of our both playing fields that was vacant. And so the plan was we were going to move the softball field over and then start renovating the baseball field. And, you know, the thing is is when we started that project, we wanted to do something really unique and real attractive for the kids. And uh, and that was one of the things is that we wanted to put a clubhouse, you know, not a lot of high schools have their own very own clubhouse. We had a, a, a consistent kids are practicing coming into the school janitors ticked off because she's like i just cleaned all this dirt and grass and i'm getting chewed up at the ad that hey you guys got to watch it you know you guys you clean up your cleats a little bit better and so i got to the point when we started this project i said you know i'm I'm tired of it so we put a clubhouse in and we got a little coach's office and you know tv and a mini fridge (laughs) you know but the thing is is it's it, it it they tell their friends you know like you know, and actually Eric's been in it, Um, you know, it's just kind of a, it's a real good selling point of your school when you have things like that, a real souped up, yeah. man.
1: Well, and and we kind of have the same thing. We have an indoor hitting facility that the district actually did that for us, but we did the same thing. We put a clubhouse in there, and what, what I do, I think it, it works in two ways, is in the evenings, I open it up to the youth. I want the youth kids in there hitting as much yeah. as possible, but. On the outside of it where the kids walk by, I have like all of our awards over the years and the kids' names. So I want youth kids to walk in there and say, I want my name up there one day. I want to be up there one day. And when I'm there, I leave the clubhouse open so those kids can walk in and see it. And to me, it it makes them want to play baseball. You know, I I want to play for Clackamas. I I want to stay with baseball. And, you know, you get some good athletes who are getting pulled different directions, whether it's football, basketball. And they walk in there, see that and think, man, I want to be part of this. This is something special. Yeah.
3: that's you know, we oh go ahead jason go, oh i was just gonna say john is that yeah you know, we did a um a 400 club and uh, eric and kelly have seen that both and on our wall we have all our players who finished the season of an <laughs> average of 400 above they get their name well i've had i started doing that in 2010 when i was just starting to take over there at prep and i've had kids from that 10 11 year they come in and that's almost 10 years actually 10 years now it's crazy to think but they come in, they see their name on them, and then they see their average that year. Yeah. And, it, you know, some guys are four-year, you know, over 400-plus hitters, you know. And, of course, we have a limitation of minimum bats they got to have in order to get on there. But it, you're right. To see the names and then bring their children in there to see yeah. that, I mean, that that's really cool.
1: I'm giggling because we have the exact same thing. And I, actually, I started as a 350 and I got rid right of 250 and changed it to 400. So I caught some grief. There was a few guys who got off the board. They're not happy about it, but I was fortunate. The coach before me, a guy named Gary Baton, um, he was at Clackamas for like 20, 23 years or something. And he had a book with all the averages. So I was able to pull some of it. So I've, I've got a guy up there from 1962. Oh, wow. wow. It's yeah. kind of cool. Yeah. That's real cool.
0: Yeah. Wow. I you know the other thing you talked about there a little bit was having the the youth and the people right. coming through that and how how critical has that been to your program you know uh, to building... me
1: that's the key to the success we've had we we've been really fortunate i mean i've I've had some great coaches with me i got I got great guys we've had some great kids come through the program who are just really good baseball players but I, I really think the key to it all is kind of once we got that big house built and we had the youth kids instead of just coming in for a week-long camp in the summer, maybe a couple, we had them all the time. They were constantly coming in and interacting with them. And I, I really think that's what built our program is, is getting into the youth and, and, you know, even just that they're using the same verbiage and doing some of the same bunt defenses and some of those types of things. Um, you know, you hear a lot about that, like with football programs, we got around the same offense and same defense. And we were kind of doing the same thing from the baseball perspective. And I I really think that's where we started to take off.
2: I think the big thing too, coach, is I I remember being a young, young guy and, and fortunate. My high school's always had lights, even back to when I was a kindergartner. So just seeing that kind of big thing down, down below from where our house was and seeing the bright lights down there and going, going down and, and you hear it everywhere that, the guys look like giants, right? They're like these (laughs) above human being type people on a field. It's like going to your first Mariners game, right? Professional game. You walk out there and it's just this awe inspiring thing, you know, when you put together production like that, where you got uh, lights and and a turf field and and something that's always going to be ripping and roaring. It really puts a a great, um, really perspective around your program. My, My high school had a hillside that would fill up at night and, and it, like you said, for the young guys, it was it was something that they always inspired to be. I want to be a part of that. I want to do that. I want to be that guy. Um, we did a, a spring summer camp or a spring camp where we brought them out during spring break, and they got to be a part of it and be around all of us. Um, but yeah, the more you can involve the people in your area and your community, um, it just leaves that lasting impression. You know, I'm sure you open it up to some other outside groups. Other people are able to be out there. Um, it really creates that kind of central location within a community for it for
3: it to take off.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You're, you're totally right. It definitely does.
3: Well, Coach, I want to ask you a little bit about uh, where you guys were at with the, the when the shutdown kind of took place. I know we talked to Jake Chandler from Capitol High School a few weeks ago, and he kind of gave an update of things in the state of Idaho. You're our first high school baseball coach to be on the PNW here with us today and so I kind of wanted to ask you a little bit where were you guys at when the shutdown took place uh where kind of things are at with the state of Oregon right for high school baseball I know we're pretty much done for the season but where's you know what's summer ball looking like and and then also I want to kind of follow up with at the tail end is are you still kind of get stay in contact with your guys and how are you kind of doing that right now
1: yeah so we were um we were two weeks into it, hadn't started, hadn't played any, I think, I think it was that Friday that they shut us down and we had our first game that Monday. So, you know, we'd been in for two weeks, picked our teams, just handed out uniforms, all that kind of stuff. And, um, and got shut down that, I think it was a th- that Friday during school, they said there'll be no extracurricular activities, whatever. And, you know, at that time, we didn't know if it was going to be a week or I, I had no idea in my mind at that time that, that was going to wipe out the high school season and potentially summer. That was the last thing on my mind, but um, you know, it, it, it was tough. Um, you know, just, just, especially like the senior kids we have, we have five seniors, which is kind of a small number for us, but three of those guys, this was their first year playing varsity. They were program guys. They fought their way. And this, you know, kind of earned their opportunity. Um, so once we kind of realized this was going longer, man, it was, it was tough to let those guys know. Um you know in Oregon a lot of it's been this is where we're at for a month like when they first shut it down they said you're done we're done till April 30th or something like that and then as we got closer to that it's like okay now it's it's gone further out further out and then eventually they said you know the season's over and that was man that that was tough that was really t- for all of our kids but again particularly our seniors you know I just I feel so bad for those guys um Right now, we're still in a little bit of limbo. In fact, they, our, our OSA just had a meeting today and sent out a memo. And basically what it says is all of our facilities, high school facilities are closed until June 30th. Mm. And from there, when it does reopen, it's, they got it from the NFHS and it's kind of in phases. Phase one is very minimal. You're basically kind of hitting off teeth. I'm not even sure you can play catch in that phase. Then it goes to phase two, phase three, it isn't till phase three that we can play games. And I, I have no idea how long a phase is, but you know, if we can't, if we can't start till June 30th, depending on how long these phases are, it it, potentially that could end our summer ball season. I, that's, that's, we need to get some clarification on that
0: still. That, you know, I, I didn't even think about that aspect of things Like you know, we had small schools, we had seniors that they've been building for this was kind of the successful year for us, but I didn't even think about the high school seniors that, this is their varsity season.
3: Yeah, that's yeah,
0: that's too bad.
1: Yeah, it's tough.
3: How have you guys been doing all along? I mean, you've been able to stay in contact with them. Are you guys doing Zoom meetings or?
1: Yeah, you know, we're we're more um, kind of we, we've got some like text apps that we use, like Remind 101, Some of that. Um, I've got my own little kind of chat with my senior guys, and then I've got a thing with my varsity, and then all the kids. So. I've been trying to communicate with my seniors probably probably on a weekly basis. Um, you know, just making sure they're doing all right. But but all the kids, you know, kind of checking in and then emailing, sending emails to the kids and to the parents. Um, I I've, I've been really impressed with with all the kids. They've you know they're they're disappointed, but almost all you know they're like you know this sucks, coach. It's it's hard, but but we're gonna get through it. We're, you know we're doing the best we can. It is what it is, kind of thing.
2: So coach, I, we've talked with uh, kind of Washington area guys, and I know there's some momentum going towards that, but I think one of the biggest downfalls of this deal is just the recruiting process for us as as college coaches. We've talked about the value in in high school athletics and how a lot of us like to go to those games just because there's a little bit more on the line, there's more pressure, guys are feeling that. Um, but as this trickles into summer ball now, it's it's going to limit some of that impact too. So Has there kind of been any communications that you've had with, with area people down there or maybe organizations down there to maybe try to create some opportunities for those guys to get
1: seen this summer? You know, I haven't heard a ton of it. Um, I I know that, I'm sure you guys are familiar with baseball Northwest. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I know they just sent out some emails. I think it was today. They kind of sent them out to kids and they're planning to do, um, one of those prospect evaluations. It was, I think it was middle of June. Um, so hopefully that's going to happen. That's going to get those kids some of the exposure. Cause it you're, you're right. It's tough. Not, not having the college coaches come out and see the high school games. And especially the summer, you know, I think the college guys, a lot of them probably see more in the summer because they're so busy during the high school season. Right. So we, we run a big tournament ourselves. We call it the diamond classic and we bring in about 16 different teams. We have a couple teams from Australia come up and play. Wow. Um, it's, it's really cool tournament. We get a ton of college coaches and some pro scouts come and see it. and I'm right now it's, it's scheduled for July 11th. And, you know, if we can't start till July 1st, I, that thing's probably shot. So it's, it's going to be tough. Definitely tough. And, and, and I guess
2: I didn't do enough background. Do you guys run a Legion program within your organization or do you send your guys off to other uh, organizations?
1: We coach, we all coach our own guys kind of in the okay. metro area. Um, we played Legion for a while and what was happening, was like a lot of the other areas were kind of combining And we wanted to coach just our high school kids. So we formed, at first it was called the OIBA, the Oregon Mm -hmm. Independent Baseball Association. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, you know, it's basically like kind of my next year varsity. A few guys will keep some of their seniors. A lot of the senior kids that want to keep playing will go join a club team, go play somewhere there. But but some of them play in the league. Um, So that's, that's kind of where we've been, I think, oh, maybe the last eight or 10 years down, kind of in the Portland metro area. Some of the other Oregon schools are still doing Legion.
2: I guess my follow up would be. Uh, I know they've talked a lot about baseball up here, with with not a ton of opportunities, and certain teams looking to go, maybe do other things out of area. If Idaho's open, we're gonna bring a team over there, or if Montana's open, we're gonna bring a team over there. Is there any worry, I guess, from your perspective of of guys kind of getting away from from Clackamas baseball and and maybe going out and trying to do their own things and opening the floodgates for guys to go away from kind of the tradition that you start
1: to build there yeah you know um that's a really good question i i haven't i haven't heard a lot about it yet but i think everybody's been kind of sitting in limbo waiting i think mm-hmm. now that we, we, we maybe get some answers here that that potential's out there we actually had a trip planned where we were coming coming into uh washington idaho and montana and um gonna work our way back to the same thing playing that's kind of how i Got, got in touch with Jared there to get this thing rolling. So part of me is like, if we can't play here, can we still go do that trip? Because I know they're playing in Idaho and I know they're playing yep. in Montana. So I don't know. I mean, it's um, I, – I I'm at that point now where I just – I'd like some answers. I'm mm-hmm. kind of tired of them just pushing things out and just, just tell us. What can we do?
0: That's so hard because I had – I talked to some parents today like, hey, are you going to run a summer program? I was like, I, what's – what's the governor going to do? Can we even, we can't be on the high school field. There's no public fields here. And, and so mm-hmm. it's like, I, I'm with you, man. The, 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 uncertainty is just, it's not easy right now.
1: Yeah. I, I, I was just talking to a buddy, another coach before I got on here with you guys and, and he made the comment. And I kind of agree with him. He's like, I almost rather wish they would have came out today and said, we're done. Right. At least we know versus mm-hmm. yeah. goes, it's so hard to keep telling your kids I don't know we <laughs> hang in there. I don't know. You know, we've been telling them that for six weeks.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know from the day of the shutdown, I had that, and I should have composed myself better when I walked in the room after I got told that it was, you know, we we're going to get delayed, and and it seemed like every news article came out, the kids would hit me up, "Hey, coach, what does that mean?" I'm like, guys, just hold on. So we, we don't know yet. Just don't. <laughs> right. you know. Yeah. It, it was it's a good true. learning experience and learning, like, okay, we got to trust what sources we're reading here, because yeah, yeah, don't exactly. go reading every little thing you got, guys.
1: That's true. That's a good point.
2: <laughs> the tough part for us too, is that, you know, it's, it's a bunch of different legislative bodies at the college level you, know, you have the school level, you have the conference level, you have the NCA level, you have the region level before the NCA level. So all those different groups are trying to make decisions. And, you know, with this deal, there's just not a lot of knowing what it's going to be like, what it's going to look like. So it's, we're in this kind of, you know, half open the door, peek out, like what's going to happen here. You know, just not (laughs) sure what might happen on a given day. But I I think the best part that that I've taken away from a lot of this now is, is just us as baseball coaches are so flexible, you know, that, especially in the Northwest, because we have the weather, we have the rain, you know, we pick it up and we try another day, you know, we're pretty resilient in that standpoint, but you know, I, I, you feel for the kids and, and I know all, all of us in this room right now, are feeling bad for those guys who didn't get their last opportunity for the juniors that were you know breaking on the scene they're trying to earn their role and, and maybe get some college looks and those type of things you know you, you hope for those guys to get back in it because you know we have it in our blood that we're going to keep doing it whatever we can when we can but um, the kids are obviously the ones that are getting you know opportunities to build friendships and, and experience highs and lows that, that this game presents to us and right now they're just not getting those opportunities and it's really hard to hard to live through, but hopefully in time we can make up for it. And and I know all of us will do a really good job at, at, at keeping them moving forward.
1: Right. Right. Hey, banter fans. This is Jake Chandler from Capitol high school in Boise, Idaho. And you are listening to the Pacific Northwest fungo banter podcast. Go Eagles.
0: All right, coach. We're going to move into our seventh inning stretch portion of this. Of our podcast, you know, it's we have lots of banter, lots of talking, and and I know that you have a story to tell, and and I've heard this story when you talk to the clinic, and it's something that I feel is so important for our listeners, and I'm so excited for them to be able to hear the story. But please walk us through the inspiration of your program. What drives okay. you guys every yeah, day?
1: Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so you're gonna have to excuse me if I get a little emotional telling this, um, but I'm, but I'm, I, I am happy to do it and share it. Um, in 2013, uh, my my son Jake and I were coming home from Montana visiting family, and uh, we, we hit a patch of ice, and the truck ended up going in the Columbia River, and uh, I wasn't able to get Jake out, and he he, he passed away that night. It was uh, it was New Year's Eve 2012, actually, um, and so you know that that was kind of coming right up to coming back home to get ready to start baseball. And, you know, obviously I was I was devastated. My, my family was devastated. I, I didn't know where I was going with things. Um, and I, I don't remember a lot, to be honest with you, the, the first two or three weeks or so after it happened. Um, but what I do remember, other than, you know, family being very supportive and close friends being there for me, but right behind them was my high school players the way they reached out to me and were there for me um my assistant coaches that you know you talk a lot about the baseball family and um i I, that was that was a moment where it was so present that they were they were there for me and these guys they were as devastated as i was jake was at the field that was his you know since he was probably four years old he was at practices and at games and um you know, probably the hardest part for me once I did get back to coaching was after games. It wasn't whether we won or lost the game. But when that game was over, Jake came out onto the field and he was—he didn't care if we won or lost. He was so excited to be out there and high-fiving the players. And, and you know, most of the time after a game, I had Jake sitting by my side or he was in my arms as I'm talking to the kids. Um, and so that was... that. that after games is when I really struggled because I, I I missed that piece of it. But just getting back to it all, you know, I, I didn't know if I was going to coach. Um, we'd had a, a, you know, a very successful program. We'd won a couple state titles and, and I knew that team was going to be really good, but I was, I'd kind of lost my way. And those kids, they carried me. You know, I decided, um, I sat down with my wife and my, my older daughter at that time. And they said, dad, this is, you got to coach. This is who you are. It's what you do. And I think the thing that really pushed me is I remember my daughter Riley saying, this is what Jake would want. He would want you to coach. And when I heard that, I I knew, I knew I needed to do it. And, um, we started up and, you know, I talked to the kids right away. I said, here's the deal, man. You guys all knew Jake, you loved him. I, I don't want you to, to be scared to talk about him. I don't want you to, uh, be scared to talk about your little brother who was friends with him. Cause you think it's going to hurt me. So the worst thing I would want is for people to forget him. And and the kids did, man, they, they carried Jake's spirit. Jake had a saying and it's kind of been, been the saying that rallied that team, but it's kind of our program. Now he used to, he used to get up every morning and I don't know where he got it from, but he, he'd say today is going to be my best day. And he, 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 I mean, like all the time he would say that in the mornings and, um, Oh, he, he must have said it to other people too. I don't even know who first latched onto it, but that kind of became kind of the rally behind behind Jake. Um, and then he, I wear number nine in baseball, so he always liked to wear number nine. So they came up with a little little logo that says Jake Nine, and uh, kind of had that quote. But well, they you know they put the patches on our jerseys that said Jake Nine, and um, believe it or not, our booster club actually had the Jake Nine logo put in the turf field. It's still there now. So it's in front of both dugouts. So, you know, I mean, his, his spirit is so strong and present there. Um, It's really cool. And and another really cool thing that happened is all the teams in the Three Rivers League wore the patch also that year, which was, which was cool. So um, it was, you know, again, I, I don't know that I make it, I make it through that whole thing you know obviously without my 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 wife and daughter my family was my rock for me but but those kids you know they 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 that was that was my place to kind of you guys know how it is in baseball you get between those lines and it's your place to get away and and for me it was a place to get away but I also felt so lifted up and supported by my players and it was um you know, all year long, you know, you know how you're, you're constantly checking with you. Hey, how are you doing, man? You okay? It was total 180. The kids are coach. How you doing? You okay? You know, and they're, they, they cared so much. It was so cool to see them be able to take that role and, 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 you know, and help me through it. Um, so it was that, that part of it, you know, that family part, I think was huge. Um, you know, the other piece that was big for me is I, is, another piece where I felt like I needed to do it is, um, you know, one of the reasons I think baseball is such a good thing is it teaches so much life lessons. You know, there's a lot of failure in baseball. There's a lot of adversity that strikes. And so I felt like for me to be able to go out there and coach and, you know, having been dealt, I think maybe the the worst thing that could happen to somebody and to, to, to work through that adversity. And, you know, I'll never say the words move on, but to move forward and fight through it. I thought it was important for the kids to see me do that. Um, and to hear some of the things that they shared later, you know, the fact that I did come out and do that. And, and they talked about, you know, adversity in their life and how they can handle it. And, you know, now seven years later, I've had kids come back and, and just talk about that and say, you know what, this is what happened to me. And I saw what you did coach. And I knew I could do it. And those types of things, you know, it's that, that that that's been awesome for me to to be able has nothing to do with winning and losing. It's it, it was a huge life lesson that we could all learn together through through baseball and, and through life. And so it was, it was pretty cool that we were able to do that. But um, yeah, you know, I, I would never wish it on anybody, but I think with everything, you know, there, there's there's some silver lining around it, there's some positives that have come out of it for sure.
0: You know, what, what keeps coming back to my mind here, Coach, is, is that it's much bigger than baseball. And I know that, you know, our job, yeah, we're, we're coached hired we're, we're to, we're to win games and whatnot. But if we don't develop people into becoming great people and having life lessons throughout the game of baseball, then what are we doing as coaches?
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's um, – I think that kind of – I'd always kind of had that mentality – but I think I changed a lot as a coach after this happened. And, and I know like the relationships with the players, you always have that relationship with, this is my third baseman and he's got a good arm and this kind of thing. And he's funny, but now he became this, you know, this kid and I know him on a personal level and I know who he is and who his mom and dad is and his family. Mm -hmm. And I know that he struggles with, um, schoolwork, or he's, he's got problems, you know, a little bit socially, or, or you know, you, you get to know your kids a little bit more and, and try to help them and fight through those things. Um, you know, for me, I, I, I had a lot of anxiety after that happened and had to obviously have some counseling. And one of the big things I've noticed is to be able to sit down with a kid and share what happened and say, I needed to go to counseling, and I needed that help. And for a kid I think there's a stereotype out there sometimes where kids think, Oh, you know, people who go to counseling, that's weak, that's weird or whatever. And for them to hear from somebody say, no, man, it's, it's there to help you. um, That, that, that's been, that's been big, but you know, to kind of get back to what you're saying, it's, I think the relationships have become much more on a personal level and really getting to know them. And it's for me, I think a lot of coaches, I'm sure you guys feel the same way. What, what I love, is after you coach a kid, when they come back, you know, they mm-hmm. out or they they show up at the game. And I tell my guys, Hey, you're not a fan. If you show up at the game, get your butt in the dugout. You're, you're, you're part of the family and you'll always yeah. be. So We'll have yeah, yeah. some games. We got five or six alumni guys standing on the bench behind us. And I, I love it. I think it's great. Yeah.
3: yeah. You know, coach, that that's so good to hear that because I'll be coaching that third base box and we have a four foot fence kind of, Runs out from the dugout all the way out to the left field, and those guys will come up and they'll lean over that fence, and then you know, of course, you got your back towards them. You know, you're focused on the game, giving your signs, and like some of them was like, coach, coach, or you turn around, what are you doing here? You know, get your butt in the dug. You know, you give them a hug, and, and you appreciate those guys so much. And uh you know, I, I think a lot, coach, too. You know, this whole COVID thing. You know, going through this. You know, and and, and man, I got some guys who are just they're kind of down in the dumps, you know, and you got people in society, they're just saying, Oh, it's going to get bad. This is going to be, This is. it's going to get much worse or second way. This, all these negatives. And, you know, I think through life lessons and just think through life, we can take a negative, throw that out and make a positive. I mean, there's so much here. I mean, just hearing your story here about Jake just gets me jacked to say, you know what, there is going to be better days. You know, right. we are going to have those days that are going to be bad. We're going to, we have a pandemic in this country, but we will have better days. Baseball will come back. We will have the opportunity to be on the field and, you know, and things I think we just appreciate that much greater for what we've had before.
1: Yeah. Yeah. For, for, for sure. I mean, you know, like, like I said, baseball is a lot about dealing with adversity and, and, you know, how you respond to things. And I, I, a couple of weeks ago, we had done a fundraiser before, kind of right at the beginning of the season and part of the fundraiser the kids earned some prizes and stuff and um you know it had been sent to my house and I said you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in my truck and I'm just gonna go around and deliver this to the guys <laughs> and I'm gonna follow the rules and keep my distance and that but just to see them and say hi and um one of my senior kids I, I dropped his stuff off and we were you know from a distance we were talking I said you know how, how are you doing really man you can tell me And he said I'm not gonna lie coach this sucks he goes this is hard He goes. And Th- this line stuck with me. He said, but I know we're going to get through it. He said, you taught us how to do that. Wow. And it kind of, I, I, it kind of set me back. And I was just like, wow, wow. You know, and I know he was kind of referring to, even though it's been seven years, he was referring to how we fought through my battle with Jake and everything. And I was just like seven years later dealing with that's been able here. here it is seven years and, and it's helping this kid deal with COVID, which is, is crazy, but it was. And that was, you know, that's pretty cool that that's happening.
2: Yeah, you mentioned earlier just about how much of a release this game can be. You talked about being between the lines, you know, that everyone's got issues and problems that they deal with, whether that's schoolwork, it's a girlfriend, it's a parent, it's a relative, uh, then whatever it might be. But the nice thing is we have that separation piece to be able to step on the field, let everything out for, two, three, four hours of the day, and then handle that problem at another point in time, you know, and and I think from our perspective, it's really, I don't want to say easy, but it's really apparent to see the guys that are struggling with other things based on how they're doing with a given day. You know, you got the guys that practice really well, or maybe the guys that are somewhere in between, but when they start doing things out of the ordinary, you know, we're not running hard, you know, really hanging their head after an error or mistake, it really flips on that red flag that this guy might be dealing with something that I need to give some attention to, you know, because he's not at his best right now. He's not his normal self. Um, so it's not necessarily a good thing, but I think our roles as, as leaders to be able to be that kind of support circle for them um, you talk about the kind of that fear of counseling or the fear of acting asking for help. But I, I think from our perspective, we're very in tune to, to how our players are on a daily basis that, you know, we know when something isn't right and the time to, to step in on the side after practice away from the team to allow that guy to open up with you to, to share the stuff that he's dealing with and ultimately try to find some perspective to allow him, you know, to move forward and not feel like he's going to make himself uh, embarrassed by, by saying something in the greater good. But, you know, allowing them to use that voice and and using us as a soundboard is one of the best tools that we have as individuals and coaches.
1: Yeah, I, I I couldn't agree with you more, and I you know everything you said there was spot on. I think it's a big part of that is building that trust with the kids, where they, you know, a, a lot of it, you know, back in the days, you, I mean, we all had those coaches who you talked about. You, you're having a tough time, you're not yourself, and they're on your butt. And they're things <laughs> you know, the have changed a little bit now, and it's like if you can build that relationship where they trust you and you can say, you know, I need you to do this, what's going on. Can you, know, is there something going on? Cause I want to be here for you. And and for them to be able to open up and talk to you, that's huge. Cause you know, a lot of times kids don't, you know, they don't even have mom and dad who can do that. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's, that's important. What, you know, one of the other things kind of on that same topic, when everything happened with Jake um, I got a letter from a guy, he was a, he was a, a doctor, a surgeon somewhere on the Oregon coast. I, I had no idea who he was, but he, you know, my, the story was in the paper. And so he wrote me this letter and, and you know, just was saying he was, um, you know, just impressed with how we're handling things and stuff. And, and he, somewhere in there, he wrote, he said, you know, I, I love how you're, you're still there with your kids, your baseball kids and responding to them. And he said, you know, make sure you tell those guys that you love them because you may be the only one telling them that and that again some guy I have no idea who he is but that struck with me and I started that year before we take the field we get in our huddle or like right before we get on the field I tell the kids two things they say hey number one good luck today and know that I love you and I make sure I say it to them every day and a lot of it was you know the emotion with Jake and being super tight with that group but I, I started adding it because of that guy's letter, him telling me that. I thought, you know what? I need to make sure I do do this. It's it's pretty cool. And so, you know, you don't hear people say those things a lot. And I like, you know, in our program, our kids are – they're cool with saying that. I like it.
0: That's – you know, I I had that same – you know, when I – my growing as a coach, right? You know, starting the young guy. And the, the it seems like everybody goes on that journey. Yeah. And so I heard that, you know, tell them you Love. Them. So I did it. And they didn't believe me because I didn't truly – buy into it right yeah. so I, that's what i want to, you know if there's a coach listening right now don't just say it because because coach is saying it. Say it mean it because right. when you mean it you'll see when they're like coach you, you really you do and yeah. and you will see them grow so much as a kid and a yeah. baseball player all at the same time
1: you're right and you're, you're right and they'll they'll know it they'll um they'll know when it's real and when yeah. you're just saying it you know and you bring up that point of there's coaches listening here's the other big one for me when you're having that talk with your kids, take your sunglasses off. We coach with sunglasses a lot. Mm-hmm. Take the glasses off and let them see in your eyes, and, and they're going to see what's behind it and that you mean it. I I Somebody gave me that advice a while back, and I always make sure that you're having that heart-to-heart, take the sunglasses off and let them see in your eyes, and, and they're going to really know that you mean it.
3: You know, Coach, there's always a the slogan I came up with years ago,
1: and I, I don't even –
3: it wasn't something i heard, but I, I always believe this, is I think the windows or the eyes are the window to your heart. What I mean by that, when you look into somebody's eyes, you can tell the truth. If they're lying or they're telling the truth, if they love you or they love you not. And I think about, we're talking about all your returning employers coming in and hanging out in the dugout. You know, the first thing I do when I left those guys to that gate is I give them a hug and they return that, you know? And and I think that, you know, you you th- yeah. if. <laughs> we measure a lot as coaches on our wins and losses in life, right? You, you know, oh, he's a 600, I mean, he was a great coach. I, I would love it to see a stat, to see how many of your returning players are coming back and watching you coach and, and seeing the guys that are playing for that pro- program and, and that were with you back in, say, 2010, 2011, you know, eight, nine years ago, um, you know, and, and show that you know, number. Because I think that if we have enough guys that are coming back, in that sense, I feel like we're doing that we're winning the game you know
1: right right yeah i i think you're right and even if they're not coming back they're staying in contact with you i was at yeah, the, yeah right. i was at the abca this year and i heard a guy say this and he said um make them want to invite you to their wedding mm-hmm. and i thought you know what that's cool that that's a you know you you know if, if you're getting invited to their weddings that you really were somebody important to them in their life and um i, th- I thought that was kind of a cool, cool way to look at it
0: you're you're right this was my, this was the first year that I got invitations because they're got old the wedding
1: now. invite. That's
0: awesome, and, but they're all right in the middle of July or June.
1: Yeah, exactly. And they're all
0: getting postponed.
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's tough. That's
0: but tough. you're right. I mean, that was such a that was so cool. Just to think yeah. that guy thought enough of me to even think about me in that aspect, and I just I, yeah, I think that's he so to cool. Coach
1: to Be there on on a big day for him. That's cool. You know, you know that you made a connection with that guy. Yeah. Awesome. Coach, one last question. If, if, uh, you know, if once,
2: once this thing gets, gets through for your time at Clackamas, you know, what, what, what do you want your lasting impression to be? What do you want people to kind of remember your time there or or what are your biggest goals and things that you wish to accomplish before your run is, is, is over where you're at at Clackamas right now?
1: Boy, that's a, that's a tough question. Um, but I, I like it. It would it would be nothing to do with with wins and losses or how many state titles. I um, one of the big things I preach to my guys is is being first class. Um, I want them to be first class on the field, obviously, but off the field in the classroom. Um, you know, just everything they do, I want them to be a classy person be first class and I say it to the parent group too you know I want when people talk about Clackamas baseball that's what I want them to say is it's a that's a first class program from the way the coaches conduct themselves the players the parents everybody so for me I, that, that's all I'd want is you know for people to say he ran a classy program they, they, they did things right it was first class um, you know my, my goal is to leave it better than I found it but it, it's not you know, he won 400 games or whatever this many, you know, just ran, ran a classy program and cared a lot about his kids. Um, and hopefully whether I'm at Clackamas or I leave and move on those relationships, they're still going to be there.
0: That's awesome coach. Well, we really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to, to come on and talk with us. And, and we just, we're so excited that you were able to be a part of the fungo banter family.
1: I appreciate it. This is a cool thing you guys are doing. we we need more of this stuff in, in the Pacific Northwest with baseball. So you guys are, I, I love it. Continue to promote baseball out here and doing this. You've had, I saw the list. I feel honored to be part of it. You've had some pretty, some pretty big, big time names on it <laughs> I'm not sure why you wanted to have a, a, guy, a high school guy from Oregon, but I appreciate it.
0: <laughs> well, we definitely just added one more big time name coach. So
1: uh, I, I don't know if I deserve that, but I appreciate it. <laughs>
0: uh, we, we appreciate you. So, Thank you. Uh, Hopefully you stay safe and we get back to baseball here sooner and later.
1: All right, guys. Good luck. Thank you. Take care.
0: All right, Fungo Banter fans, we're in the bullpen to wrap this thing up after, and we need to live stream this next time, a pretty intense game of rock, paper, scissors. I didn't finish last, but didn't finish first. So you'll find out that order here soon. How about Jason, well, you lead us off here.
1: Uh, here's the thing,
3: and uh, it always helps when you have a glitch in the system. You know? So <laughs>
0: when you, you
3: kind of like laid my hand before <laughs> you pulled yours down there. So I don't know, Gal, what do you think, dude? I mean, you, you're kind of maybe, I don't know. Yeah, no, no response here. Yeah, I needed right. the
0: competition in my life, so thank you.
3: <laughs> yeah. Hey, guys. These are today... like things. <laughs> Guys, uh, I think today was fantastic having John, you know, not only being the first high school, Oregon high school, you know, baseball kid coach being on with us, uh, you know, it's almost like the, the the complete, the trifecta, right? You know, and now we got Washington, you got Idaho and now you got Oregon, but you know, one, one big key thing that really stood out to me, I mean, there was a lot of good stuff John had to say, in and there was, I'll tell you what, it was there a little bit when he was talking to Jake, man, I think about my eight year old son, and uh, that relationship, and man, that hit me hard. But, uh, um, you know, a big thing is fundraising. You know, that's something new that we haven't talked about a lot, guys. Um, you know, I think about when we built our facility in, in 16, what it took to do, and, and you know, that when people start seeing things being put up, uh, I think about when we started seeing the upgrades of so the poles getting put up, and they were getting craned in, and we were, kind of getting that, that day done, I'm, there was people stopping in and, and they were just an off, you know, and, and, and there was a lot of emails and phone calls of how can we help? And, you know, when you see something um, and, and, you know, the reality becomes more real, you know, and you're more your tendency to see, you know, for people to really jump in and and see what they can do. And the sacrifice they're willing to make just for something, the betterment of someone else is, is tremendous. And I think that, what John's done there at Clackamas and, and the first year raising 60000 and going to 90s I mean, putting lights and turf, I mean, that's phenomenal. Not um, a lot of schools um, in the Northwest have that. You know, I know, Eric, you're doing a great job of getting some turf in there. I don't even have anything close to what you got, man. But, uh, you know, it just takes hard work and dedication. And, and I think that's its a due credit to what John's doing within his facilities. Um, but also it's a reflection of his team. And that, I think, is why they've done so well for so many years and they continue to do well. So I, I think it's, uh, you know, putting out hard work in as coaches, uh, has, you know, um, a good return in that. It's important.
0: Yeah. And I think that's a really cool sign. And, and, uh, this is a weird thing that I do when I travel and, I, and my wife, I married, she's from the West side. So I've been going over there quite a bit seeing things and I've always kind of contributed what a town looks like to like, there's certain towns you go through and you're like, this is there's, there's pride here. There's pride in their community and pride in their school, and you can tell that, and it's awesome. And I thir- and I went to a few football games over there this year, and you're like, this. If my kids could go to school, it's here because they take pride in what they do, and I think a lot of that is having and, you know, we've we've teamed up with our softball program at Kititas. We've we've created a booster club in the last year. We call it the Kititas Diamond Club because of you know Title Nine stuff, so we we could do things together, and mm-hmm. I think it's having the mentality of, why not. And then having a good goal and plan, and having the right people lead you in the way, and you can get good stuff like that. You know, when when I told guys and people in our community, like we started this project three years ago, that we're going to have a turf batting cage and a turf bullpen, and now we have turf walk up lanes, and we're going to have a halo done this weekend. Everybody looked mean. I think there's a mentality a little bit here of like, nah, you're not. That's why we we can't do that. Well, why not? Uh, When they don't have an answer for you, and then you do things the right way, you know, have a goal in mind don't think you're going to do it all at once but set i've set phase 1 phase 1's finished for us now we're planning phase 2 of what we want to add to our program and and you know I was, I was really excited that he got to tell the story about his son because i feel like it is something that's so powerful and something that i'm not even going to to you know try to claim that i know what he went through but he to see someone come through that that's just such a powerful thing in my opinion cuz i couldn't even imagine going through that you know we lost our bat boy um he was his brother was on our team, and he passed away. And he this was going to be his senior year, actually. That just hit me right now, and uh, I I still remember the morning waking up. I'd gone to bed early, and I got the phone call that night from everybody that hey, he had passed away. And and given a given a eulogy or, or talking at a kids a young kids funeral, that's not an easy thing to do. And uh, you know, props to coach for for battling and and so happy that he had the family that he did to get him through that.
2: Yeah, I think I think a lot of you know, we've we've done this in the past and probably haven't done it in a couple of years, probably do for it. But we, we talk about the why, you know, whether it's a player or a coach and, and the why is your purpose for where you're at and, and 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 how you got there. You know, we all have a reason for what got us to where we are at right now. Um and we all have different things that keep us moving forward in what we're doing. Um, and a lot of that is is the why, you know. And and for me personally, it was, um, you know, just never wanting to get away from the game, you know. And didn't really have a ton of opportunities to to move on to college baseball, out of high school. I just kept moving forward, just because I didn't want to get out of it, you know. And 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 kind of those ups and downs, and and getting what, you know, it, taking whatever was in front of me was was what kept kept me pushing forward. You know, and we all have different other impacts that happen while we're in it that keep us moving forward, you know, because eventually certain things might die out, a certain passion might die out in you. And then there's something else that kind of lights that fire that sparks you to get back moving forward um, where you're at. And and I think with the shutdown right now, it's driving a lot of us because you just took away something that is a huge part of our lives. It's day to day, it's every single day. Um, So that's gonna be even more important as we move forward. Um, because players have now seen what happens when baseball gets taken away from them. Um, And it it sucks for guys that can't continue and have that last opportunity, but for the ones that do have an opportunity to move forward, they, they understand what happens when this gets taken away. And and I think their why might change a little bit and their drive might change a little bit on on a daily basis. And um, a lot of what we talked about too, in that, that year of of coach Garland's passing um, was just about, you know taking every day and and really running with it you know cuz not knowing what might happen you know and 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 it was tough to to fathom that at that point in time but i think the biggest t- takeaway that, that we tried to do was was just to be a great person um, you know wave at someone randomly you know help someone out of door the little things that that can really help someone out that might be dealing with something that uh, you have no idea that it's happening. Some random stranger on, on the street. And if you can be a great person within society, um, you know, you're contributing to the well-being of, of those around you. Um, and, and I, I think it resonated with quite a few guys and, um, you know, cause you never know what, what other people are going through at any given time. And, um, you know, just being a great person, helping out society in general, um, is a great path moving forward. And, and especially now there's a lot of people dealing with, with loss of job and loss of life. And, um, it's going to be even more important to pull together as a, as a, not only a baseball community, but a general community overall. And and we can be a great impact for that as baseball people, knowing the lessons that we get to teach on a day-to-day basis.
3: You know, guys, just thinking here, kind of like what Sheets was talking about on, um, on Friday with us, you know, that each person that interacts with them, you know, it's, it's just one step better to improving himself. You know, you're making me better, you know, just like you guys do for me. And, and just to add to that, you know, having, you know, coach on, you know, today and talking about, you know, his son and his program, he just, he made me today. That one step better as a, as a coach and as a person, because it just, it's, it's those reminders that we need to constantly Not forget and i think about when he was telling his story that you know he's talking about his son and i have an eight-year-old son at home myself and and uh you know i just think about you know anything's possible in life and you could you don't want to take that time for granted and you know i i I think it's amazing it it, it's you know he's talking about his story and impacting one of his players, you know, that, you know, coach, you've always taught taught us to continue to press forward. And you guys, you know, when, before we had John on, you know, I told him, you know, check his story out online. And he's got a powerful story. And um, when I was informed and I first kind of met him, well, I was, you know, told about him. I kind of did some research online and checked him out. And uh, I came across that story. And, you know, so I was telling you guys earlier that, I was upstairs in our bonus room and I watched this story as I'm reading the story and, and watching some of the YouTube videos about his, you know, just pressing forward. I just, I broke down and cried because it's just like, you know, we're going to have days we're going to be tough. You know, it's just life, but it's the way we react to them is, is the way we you know, it's, it's true Testament who we are as people, you know, and it's not going to be that it's going to be easy, but the thing is, is that, you know, a lot of times we don't realize, and I think as coaches, you know, we were, we're impacting those that are on the field, but we ever thought about the people that were impacting off the field. Maybe the people that aren't always interacting with us that are not always, you know, um, calling us coach, you know, I mean, there's, you know, I know John is impacting a lot more people than he actually thinks. And I, I, I am just encourage and applaud him for continuing to press forward and in the manner that he's doing and just, Man, the energy the guy has. I mean <laughs> you, you all, all want to play for a coach like that. And so I, I think it's just for all our listeners and, and just for ourselves and you know for myself is it's just a a yeah you know I I'm gonna keep going through and, and even if I'm, I'm having a bad day I'm not gonna take for granted my time. But uh, you know that you're exactly right Kelly you're just you're a betterment to society to those around you just because that guy put the eggs on the on the bottom and the cans on, on top you know, and you only have two, you know, two good eggs out of the dozen, it doesn't mean you go and chew his rear end out. Maybe he's got something going on. Maybe his mom and dad didn't tell him he loved him. And all he wanted to say, Hey man, I love you. And here's a hug. You know? And so I, I think that we look at those importants um, and the impact that we're going to have around those around us, not only in the game, but outside the game.
0: Yeah. And I think that's a, you know, we, the other thing is recognizing that, you know, we, we talk about these things and, we practice them but you know we're not perfect but it's it goes back to things in life when you're when you're frustrated it's realizing your yellow light like we talked about in our kids and getting back to it because you know nobody's perfect but it's having each other's back I think is the key All right. well wraps up another episode of our Pacific Northwest fungo banter podcast check us out on Facebook Pacific Northwest fungo banter on Twitter at fungo banter PnW I will be getting that tweet out, but there's going to be some swag here, giveaways. So keep keep a look on everything, and you know, please get on Apple Podcast, iTunes, Apple Podcast, Spotify, uh, Google Podcast. Please get on there, subscribe, rate, and review. The more you guys do that, uh, the more we can get this out to a neighbor, neighbor that might need to hear it. We got the tunes rolling again, fellas. Thank you again for joining us. Take care of one another, stay healthy. Let's get back to baseball.